may seem unorthodox, schools targeting more students playing video games is a measure of success. But in Downey Unified, educators and industry partners are hyped about the growing numbers of young people coming out for gaming competitions known as esports. My guests on this episode of Future Groove talk about students deepening their engagement in their studies with an eye toward STEM careers over the last five years, fueled by esports mega events. Recruitment has spread to the middle schools to build on an activity wildly popular among youth, winning over skeptical parents with a focus on teamwork, strategy, and STEM classes. Esports, complete with jerseys, fans, and campus rock star status, funnel students into skills-based classes, including game programming. We'll hear how these experiences count towards college admissions and promote career exploration in all of the facets that make up the rapidly evolving gaming industry. Kerry, Russ, Alan, welcome to Future Groove. Hey, John, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you, John. Thanks so much, John. Great to see you. I'm really excited about today's conversation. We're talking about esports, which is really kind of a subdivision of the uh, video game industry, a growing industry. Well, let's talk about the industry it, itself. I read not too long ago about an event that took place in Atlanta, Georgia in 2019. Some of you may have read about it. It was called DreamHack. I think at the time, the governor of the state uh, declared that Atlanta, Georgia was the uh, esports capital of the United States. There were 35,000 players and fans that showed up to that event in person. But the other side of it uh, really is that it employed 12,000 Georgians in supporting that event, as well as making an economic impact of $500 million to the community surrounding Atlanta, Georgia. So oftentimes we don't think about uh, the video game industry and esports in particular as making that kind of impact. Alan Zach, you're with... Uh, an organization that's pretty involved in uh, in esports. Tell us a little bit about the industry. Well, esports, from a video game standpoint, is relatively new. I mean, video games has been around for decades. Uh, what's exciting about esports is it really brings a team aspect to video games and allows players to work collectively to solve problems and play the games. Uh, it is just exploding on the scene every year. It doubles in market size. And as you just pointed out in uh, with DreamHack in Atlanta, it goes beyond the, the gameplay. I mean, it does affect the community revenue-wise, engagement-wise. Uh, so it's it's a it's a just a great movement. Uh, more importantly, it's engaging students, and I think that's where, at least for our intersection with the Carrot Group, that's what we're trying to do is to really understand how we can leverage esports in this massive movement uh, for them to. Understand the careers, not only in video gaming, but more importantly, in the STEM fields, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. There is a tremendous correlation between those two. And we just try to figure out ways that we can uh, amplify that wherever possible. When people think about esports or the video game industry, which is basically uh, players that are 
controlling characters through their computer. Each character has a very unique set of skills or abilities, and so they sort of play that role within the game. And when people talk about esports, that's what they think about. They think about the players interacting with each other, and it really is kind of from a consumer uh, video game standpoint. But tell us about the things that people oftentimes don't think about in the industry itself that really represents uh, career opportunities. Well, I, I think you uh, you nailed it when you talked about just what, what in terms of what esports is. Yeah, the, the team, each player on the team is taking a character of a team virtually. And it really was that gaming has become online is where esports has really given birth to a new exciting dimension. Um, but what esports can do in terms of careers is it, first of all, it trains the students. So a lot of people don't realize that esports is a great launching pad to how an engineer or a scientist, mathematician thinks. Because gaming is, first of all, built by engineers and scientists and mathematicians. So they have that mentality of what games that they want to play. But when a, when a player is using, playing, uh, using video games, they're thinking linearly. They're, thinking, they're using their problem-solving skills. With esports specifically, they're in a team environment. So they have to collaborate. They're working together. They're trying to figure out how to solve a problem, but as a team. So yes, it's problem-solving skills, but it's team problem-solving skills. These are all skill sets that employers are looking for. And right now, we have a huge deficit of uh, STEM graduates. And by 2025, just uh, you know, two years from now, there's going to be 4 million jobs in the STEAM fields just in the U.S. unfilled. And because of that correlation between esports and STEAM, we want to encourage more students to really start playing video games, not to kill time and not to you know take away from their studies, but it's that mentality that gaming provides, and esports even does it furthermore because you have that team building skills. So, but just taking the Steam industry aside again, four million jobs, so that's nothing to take lightly. The gaming industry is growing leaps and bounds; it doubles in revenue every year. And there are tremendous opportunities, coding, programming, art, music. There are so many different facets of building a game. And then again, going back to that Atlanta, but then there's event management with esports. And then of course, there's merchandising and marketing and all the other ancillary positions that these, this industry can take shape and encourage. So there is a, a, just a huge opportunity for students in many different directions depending on what they're interested in. So I think our next point of discussion really is, uh, that's the industry. And so now the question is, why esports for students? Maybe it's an obvious connection, but I'm going to invite uh, Dr. Kerry White, principal at Warren High School, to comment a little bit on why was Warren High School and, and the other high school, Downey High School in the city, interested in launching or including esports as a student activity in Downey for high schoolers. So for us, for I will speak for myself as principal of the school, I'm always looking to see what are students interested in, what's their passion, how can we meet their needs and interests. And 
gaming overall, more than probably anything, is uh, just so popular with our, our students, with any high school students, right? So how can we take something that they're spending so much time, which teachers, parents, you know, they're frustrated because there's so much time spent on gaming and maybe not as much on homework. You know, you you hear all of this. And then when you can take it and turn it into such a positive learning environment and and equip them with so many skills, you can start to see the real benefits of taking their passion and creating an environment for them. So having an esports team um, or multiple teams where they are competing with the idea that they get to go compete against their rivals in a theater and have, you know, um, fans in the crowd. And, and there's so many different levels to it, right? So for our students who got to come together, especially the initial group, right? We're figuring it out, um, working with Alan Zach, um, just watching them kind of mold what it's going to look like for Warren as a school. And Downey did that uh, at their site. Just watching it develop and unfold was so exciting. And then watching it grow as students learned about it. Um, and then parents come alongside. The skepticism I saw in parents, wait, hold on, we're going to get, we're going to put more time into gaming. And then once they saw what their students got to be part of and what came of it at the end, um, I see such a difference over the, the last five years. Um, and I'm just really excited about what we've been able to create as a district for our students. Let's talk logistics a little bit. What what does that look like exactly? I'm going to invite Russ, uh, who's an assistant principal at Warren High School, and Alan Zach with uh, with the Carrot Group, and we'll talk about the Carrot Group in just a little bit. But uh, logistically, what did that look like in terms of bringing esports to the high school? So, John, at our school, our esports or gaming program is a game programming course. So that's the avenue that we've taken to start our program and then we game from there so our class and our pathway is game programming our kids come in they actually program games so obviously kids are really excited about gaming oftentimes they come in with a gaming background and no computer science background so the great part for us is we get kids that love to game and then they come in and they start developing an awareness of how that game was created and the things that they can do so that then when we go to these competitions and we've been lucky enough to be able to take some of these tours to some of UC Irvine's gaming uh, arena. We've been able to go to um, see the AI department at Orange Coast College. Some of these things that we take them to or uh, some of these gaming companies that will show us our kids have an idea of, oh, wow, we game here's how these games are created. And then here's some of the job possibilities that we might have. So it's an interesting path for our gamers. Let me ask about uh, logistics a little bit as we look at esports in the high school and the actual um, tournament or the competitions. Uh, how is that structured exactly? How do you get kids involved in that? And then I understand that there's this huge uh, district championship. So tell me a little bit about how that works. We have a club, a gaming club. We probably have four different competitions. We have a total, I believe, of 12 teams. I think we had six to eight in our previous uh, league competition, which is we call our school league, and it's called Downey Unified Esports League. And so then our kids compete against each other, and then they work their way up to whoever that championship team is, competes against our school across town. So we're a two high school district. And so they compete against the school across town through our city 
it's made to be a huge event because we use our our theater, the Downey Theater, and our kids come in. It seats about you know two thousand, three thousand people, uh, and it gets pretty full. It's shown live on Twitch, so we get huge audiences from all over the world. Uh, and that's really cool for our kids because our kids really understand it. You get old people like me that are watching it, and I think it's fantastic and it's amazing. But what's really cool is to watch the engagement of our crowd, watch all of our kids that show up to the game, and then how our kids play. Alan, you're with the Carrot Group, and you actually bring the production value uh, of this overall program in terms of uh, running the behind-the-scenes uh, communication enrolling students in uh in having a subscription to the game that they're competing in running the tournament during the six weeks leading up to the championship uh working with the theater tell us all about that uh, really and kind of what the carrot group does uh in partnership with downey unified and the high schools well we've been doing this now for six years and what we found is there's really not one esports program that's created equal Every district has their own needs, objectives, goals. So for example, we work with some districts that already have pathways, a computer science pathway, and they want to know how esports can play into that. Then we have other districts that are looking to create pathways in computer science and gaming. And how can esports drive that? Or they're just looking for a ways to engage the student body of across. Because the great thing about esports is that it's it's grade agnostic, it's gender agnostic, and skill level agnostic. The whole point is to bring t- students together and really just, again, we talked about those skill sets that the students learn. And that's the exciting thing about esports is it really does bring a whole student body to, to come together to compete. At Downing United specifically, we've had, a, since we've kicked this off, where I think we're on our fifth year, we always have the max number of teams competing the, stu- the schools really do get behind this, as you had heard, that the two rival schools compete. And there's an energy, if I can say that, along campus when the, it comes down to the championship. In terms of designing the program, we always try to figure out is what will be, what will ele- every year, what will elevate this to encourage more student participation to build that excitement? So at, whether it's materials around campus to tell the students or social media to tell the students that uh, esports is coming and there's a certain t- team registration window to sign up, whether it's creating a video that all the students see to give them all the information, whether it's during the season itself, it's usually our seasons go for six to seven weeks. How do we keep that energy going? How do we encourage students to continue to stay in the program, even though they may not be seeing the championship at the end of the tunnel, um, they might be in fifth place uh, for their school, but that's still a reason to continue the program. And of course, at the championship, you know, how do we bring a production level that is on par to the excitement that we're trying to create? And as you heard, this is streamed worldwide on Twitch. So we want to make sure that the audience viewing this from outside the community theater is also benefiting from the energy that we're broadcasting inside the theater. Any student stories from uh, Harry or Russ? that you can, uh, you can relate that uh, kind of demonstrates student impact? Well, I would say um, overall, I've seen it in so many different aspects of it, but one general one that we see is that with eSports, there are requirements just like in athletics. You have to have a 2.0 to be eligible to compete. So 
some of our students that are really great at gaming that um, maybe haven't been as focused in school, now they have a reason to maybe work a little harder in a certain class or make sure they have their grades up to speed. So that piece where you're motivated to do work other than gaming, which really is, again, going back to the parents that are maybe frustrated, you know, because of the amount of computer time or amount of time they spend gaming. Now they're seeing like, okay, this is actually motivating them to get their work done so that they can compete. And then being part of a team, there's this responsibility to pull your own weight. So when you choose not to do your homework or, or have uh, the grade point average you need, you're not just letting yourself down, you're letting your team down. So you really see that team aspect kick in just like it does in any athletic sport. Um, so I've seen that uh, something unique. I know um, some of our students that have maybe more social challenges, maybe behaviors in class. Uh, we're seeing that this can help with behavior in that they know if they mess up outside of gaming, it can it can directly affect gaming. So it's not just academics, it can be behavior. So you can see it kind of shift behavior and really motivate the students. Um, so that's helpful. And then just something really neat we saw in the last tournament. It, it seems like there's something unique every year. We, we, you know, there's just really neat stories that come out of it. But one that I really enjoyed this year um, at our, our rivalry competition, we have a uh, a student athlete. Uh, he's on the basketball team, popular on campus. He's known, recognized, and um, he's he made it to the final team and uh, competed and they won. I just want a little plug there, go Warren. But it was really cool how it drew in different fans. So we had our student athletes there with signs and cheering them on. And that was neat to see that open up. It was a wider, a wider audience. Um, I love that piece of it. And then to see the number of teachers that show up, we have teachers and staff members that show up to the tournament. I'm always amazed um, and so excited about it because that connection with teachers and students, um, that that's a game changer, right? So when I see the student science teacher show up because, you know, the, my student invited me, their relationship has completely and forever changed in science because there he was, the science teacher cheering on um, his science student in the esports arena. So I love that aspect of it as well. And our staff has been incredibly supportive. We have our, our secretaries are there. Um, we've got our deans that, you know, just our teachers. It's, it's pretty widespread and not to mention incredible district support. Our board of education. I remember the first year I sat I just sat down and I didn't know that the board was going to sit right behind me. I was like, oh, this is so interesting. One, I didn't understand what was happening on the screen. And then I had the board behind me. And it was just, I was like, what a neat experience that, you know, you've got the superintendent on the stage, the board members in the audience um, with their kids, which I thought was really really cool. And then I was able to take my nephews and now I'm able to connect more with my nephews because I can speak a little bit of their their gaming language. So there's just all these really cool um, things that happen off the stage. And if I could add, John, to put it really, really uh, bluntly, it creates rock stars here at school. You know, kids want to belong. They want to belong in school. And coming out of COVID, our social emotional needs or students' needs are are high. There's, we're, it's something that we're watching all the time. And so these things are creating kids that everybody knows these kids. We've got, you know, kids with nicknames on campus now. People call them by those nicknames. They, everybody knows them. 
so that's been something that we we've thought is is really cool and we love calling them by their nicknames and making a big deal out of it when we see them so we've seen that and it you know it's really helpful especially at this time with the things that we've dealt with the last few years one of the cool things I've noticed in my role as a director of college and career readiness at the district level, so I'm not right there on the site interacting with your students all of the time, uh, but in one of the workshops, one of the career workforce uh, development workshops that was put on by uh, Carrot, and I'll have, I'll have Alan talk a little bit more about that. I was in the back of the room, and um, there was a, a professional that was presenting on uh, game game programming and talking about a couple of uh, uh, different mathematical processes that they use. And I, I noticed uh, one student lean over to another student in the back row and said, shoot, I really should have paid more attention in math. And so to me, I thought, well, there's an example of how an activity like this, much uh, in, in many instances, career technical education is like this. There's an instance where working with your hands, working with something that's right there in front of you, contextualizes the academics. In that instance, all of a sudden, mathematics became contextualized, and how can I use that to, to solve this problem? Alan, tell us a little bit more. The Carrot Group uh, provides a lot of support in terms of logistics and pulling together uh, guest speakers, professionals to come in and talk to students. And in order to participate in this program, I understand they have to, it's mandatory that they attend uh, career exploration and career development workshops where professionals from industry come in and talk to the students about their work and what they do. Tell us a little more about that. Uh, sure, John. And I'm really glad you brought this aspect up because this point, we've just been talking about esports and the excitement and what it brings to the school. But our program is very different. We kind of des describe it as a workforce development program disguised as esports. Esports is the exciting opportunity for students. It brings them to the program. But while they're in the program, from day one, we are uh, reinforcing the workforce development opportunities. We are bringing speakers in. We're explaining to them the connection between gaming and what careers there are in terms of the mentality that they're going to use. We also offer college free college credits uh, for courses that these, these participating players can take on, in the evening online. Uh, we for part of the we call ourselves Carrot Group because we always think about a prize and dangling an exciting prize for the students to want to compete in our program. If esports is not enough incentive, well, what prizes are there? As part of the prize package, uh, we bring the winning team to a video game developer where they talk to employees at the company. They understand what they do and their, and their role in creating the game. A lot of people don't realize that behind video games, in terms of producing it and creating it, are hundreds of employees. It takes that many people to put a great game together. And again, just tremendous opportunities for jobs uh, worldwide. And so um, a lot of people kind of forget, just like a movie, there is a role for all kinds of people that want to participate and contribute to creating something. Uh, and so to have these students see that in person, and of course, in the tour, they're, they're learning all the different departments and what they do, and they're, they're able to talk to them. So again, from, from day one to the very end of prizing, we're always thinking about 
how can esports be that catalyst? How can it be that channel that excites students to want to pr- learn more? They may not understand computer science, and maybe esports was the the path to do doing that. And when a district has pathways that a student can actually, you know, apply uh, to that, it's it's even more exciting because the school is kind of supporting that, and they're saying, okay, there's the academic side of esports too. Let's pursue that. I remember the first year uh, meeting Alan and um, learning about the Carrot Group and these prizes, and uh, I was really intrigued by it, just incentivizing it. Um, and I thought, well, maybe this is just what they're doing to get started. But it's happened every year. It, it's just it's phenomenal um, that they they do have that those incentives at the end. But I will tell you, one of the most impactful things in the five years I've been involved with um, esports and the Carrot Group. Uh, working with them is when we went to the video um, game developer and we took the tour and um, sat down for lunch. That lunch was one of the best experiences I've had um, that really, that's when I was sold. That's really what sold me on esports because we sat with these developers. And I remember two specifically, we sat with um, two gentlemen. One was a psychology major and shared not good at coding, you know, that wasn't my thing, but loved gaming, um, took my psychology uh, background and was able to help start developing characters. And he went in depth about how he used psychology to create their personalities. And he used examples that the kids can connect to. And he's like, that was my thing. But gaming, I loved gaming. I wanted to stay in the field. And I found a way to do it. And then as we kept going, these, um, different developers shared. And another one was music. I had a music background and I, I work on the music and he talked in depth about the power of the music and choosing it. And I mean, I could have sat there for a week listening to these stories about all these different backgrounds and how they brought their talents to the field that they wanted to be in. And I have shared that with more parents, more families, my conversation when students talk about how much they love gaming, but they, you know, maybe game develop, you know, the coding and um, the game programming is not, not the field they're interested in. We start talking about, okay, what, what other, aside from gaming, what are you interested in? And you can find ways to connect it and the kids make the connections. And then it kind of just reframes their thinking about their learning. I can do what I'm passionate about in the gaming field. It's really exciting. And I know I've only just scratched the surface of learning about all the opportunities, um, but listening to those stories has been so powerful. And so the Carrot Group and Alan, they do a phenomenal job of putting our students in front of these game developers in the industry. I mean, we're they're not coming to Warren. We're going to them and we're seeing it firsthand. And it, w- it was very powerful. Very grateful for that experience. And I would say overall, we're seeing that across the board with parents. So parents usually come in and have no clue what's going on, kind of like we were when we first started. And they're seeing all the things that there's that their kids are getting exposed to. And they're going, wow, there's I didn't I just thought it was gaming. I tell them that they can they can't play and I don't want them to play. And then they start seeing some of the things that they can do. And some of these things like Carrie just talked about. And uh, and it really helps. It helps the kids. Obviously, they try to control it, but it helps the kids on, you know, this is what I want to do. This is what I love. And there is an avenue for it. So, and we're seeing it, which is really cool. And parents are seeing it. Yeah, that's, that's actually, Russ, I'm glad you brought that up about the parents, because that is something that we don't take lightly at, at the end of the tournaments. Uh, we have at the championship, parents come up to us. That's on, you know, 
and they say, aren't you the running Karen? I'm like, yes, like, thank you. Thank you for getting my son or my daughter involved in this. I've seen a complete change in them. They are asking me how they can take different courses. They never even thought of this a year ago. So that's really exciting at the parent level. But at the student level, we're seeing excitement. I'll never forget the first year we did it at Warren High School, the captain of the football team, who probably had no idea who the members of the esports team was, gave a high five to the esports captain. Uh, and I just heard that was just an amazing moment for that cap- the esports captain that, you know, as you said, they become little rock stars on campus. And your program has grown now. It's in the fifth year. You know, they're wearing their jerseys on campus. It's not, it's not a little club anymore. It's this event that happens every fall. Again, it always goes back to how is esports driving career opportunities, not just a fun activity that a school or a district's doing. And I would add that it is so far past a club. We have, I think, 50 to 60 clubs on campus. This is so much more than that. Uh, there's there's so much investment in it because there's so much opportunity. Um, it is not just gaming. It's so far beyond that. So I completely agree. And I do think the parents in our community know it doesn't take long, even if they're skeptical at the beginning. It's very quick realization when they talk to other students and parents. So we've seen it just such a change over the five years um, that it's understood and the students can speak to it. And the parents that have been in the esports community with us can speak to it like, oh, no, no, no. Wait till you see. Wait till you see what it does for your child once they're part of it. And there's something about parents talking to parents that they're like, okay, you know, let's let's see what this is about. So I've seen a, definitely a change in that, but you're right. At the end, at the end, they come up, thank you so much, and it has an impact. I think at the family level for sure. Well, you know, because you've seen this uh, across the board, there is hesitancy when you bring an esports program uh, to a district. You get it at the board level, you get it at the district level, you get it at the school level, and of course, parents. Why are we doing this? How is this going to benefit this, the, this not only the district, how's it going to benefit the school, and how's it going to benefit the students? What's our involvement? Oh, this is going to take time. It's, it's always no, 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 and the, how it's not going to work. But for with the districts that have an open mind and just embrace this, and if it, even if it's a test, and then as you said, Carrie, after that first year, you got it, right? Everyone gets it. I heard, I talked to board members, and they said, I had no idea what was going on screen, but now I understand the career opportunities the students are going to have. I understand the school engagement the, the student body is going to have. The te- As you said, the teachers have a better relationship with the students. It's not just one opportunity and benefit. It's so many more. Uh, but it's so hard for a district to kind of see that vision when they haven't done anything like this before. So we were talking about transferable skills earlier. And like, you know, when you know that it's really making a difference. And when we talk transferable skills, we're talking about cooperation, collaboration, teamwork, things like that. So this year, and I've done it with the five, six years that you've done it for us, Alan. Um, and so I took, we were at to lunch with the kids in with the gaming team this year for Warren and we're at lunch. And, you know, so I start asking them, so how are we going to do today? You know, what are we, oh, we're going to, we're going to win. It's not going to be a problem. Like, okay. That, you know, everybody says that. How are we going to win? What's going on? Like, how do you guys feel? And they're like, Mr. Heike, don't worry. And I go, well, I'm not worried. I'm just, cute. they go, no, don't worry. We've done the work. So they said, we've, 
watched film. We've seen all their competitions. We've strategized on what we need to do. Each person knows their job. We know how to communicate. We're going to be there. And I'm like, I'm looking, I'm going, all right, enough said. Like I didn't say, and inside I'm like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what we're trying to get across to the kids, building these skills and then, you know, and then open their eyes to all the things that are going to be available. So anyway. Yeah, I think that's been a big difference before it was like, put your, you know, your best gamers out there and it'll just be, you know, skill. And now it's gone to such a different level. You've got that teamwork is critical, playing on each other's strengths, really learning the other team's um, strengths and uh, their areas of potential weakness. So that has been a huge shift. When Russ told me that, um, I was like, ah, we're, we're, we've gone to another level. I love it. I picture like the football team out there watching film, doing their walkthroughs, and then esports, watching the film, strategizing on the whiteboard. It's really cool. But I do want to go back to something you said, Alan. I've talked to so many different district employees from other districts, um, teachers, principals uh, that, that ask about uh, esports. And it is critical that the district and the board are on board. It, they have to have, they have to see the vision for a teacher to try to create this, what we have, without the support of the district, without that wider vision of what it is and all the potential, that would be my number one recommendation to, to any educator that really wants to get this going at their district. You've got to get your district to, to come out and see it and be on board. I mean, luckily, we had Mr. Harris, who was able to show us, um, and I just remember when you were doing this, Mr. Harris, when you talked about like the the market and what's happening around the world with gaming and and just kind of like, it was like you opened everybody's eyes to it. And then seeing um, Dr. Garcia then dive deeper into it, our superintendent and kind of explain it, you know, when we'd be at different events and stuff and then just watching the board just fully behind it. It's neat. I, I just think how fortunate we are that there's, we don't have, I, I feel like everybody's all in on it. Um, and so that's really, really critical if you're going to develop it and give students the true opportunities that are available to them, not just a club. And that's what makes it bigger than, than just a club on campus. So um, I just want to, I can't emphasize that enough, the district support. Well, we're all in the business of encouraging students to dream bigger and to reach higher. And this program certainly does that as we see students oftentimes change their conversation in the early part. It, it continues, but uh, in terms of talking about gameplay and strategy and preparing for the competition. But one other aspect that uh, we see a transformation in conversation is they talk about their dreams for the future and what their careers might be where that wasn't part of the conversation uh, in, in the beginning. And so we're really, really happy to see that. Uh, it is definitely an indicator that uh, things are moving in the right direction in terms of encouraging and supporting students in uh, pursuing their dreams uh, in the future. And with that, believe it or not, our time is, uh, is coming to an end. And I'm going to ask the question that I always ask on Future Groove podcasts, regardless of the industry. And that is, what is your future group? What do you see next in terms of uh, building on? I think Alan made a reference. Each one of you made a reference to things getting better and better. What is the next chapter for uh, esports uh, in the Downey Unified School District? This is so general, but I think that we're on we're on that path. Like I really do. With the middle schools, we have, and I don't know if you guys got into it yet, but the middle schools 
competing at a high level, both middle schools in our pathway, we have two that feed into our school. And those numbers are huge. They're all coming to our school. So just the idea of taking this and blowing it up even more, offering more avenues for students, because that's really what we try to do at school is offer more avenues for our kids. And this is, we're on the right path. And so I'm hoping that it just keeps getting bigger. Yeah, Russ, I was just going to echo what you just said. Is uh, My future group is to bring this to lower grades. I know we started the middle school esports program this year, and it was phenomenally successful. There were so many students that they're hungry for this type of activity. And what's more exciting is that we, we weave in the workforce development. They're very, the students are receptive to this. You know, we always do statistics uh, research in the beginning. We do a survey to the students and at the end. And the beginning, we ask, you know, why the same question, why are you entering this program? And in the beginning, it's always they want to play games, they want to have fun, they want to be with their friends. And at the end, it was, I can't wait to start a career in science and technology, engineering, arts and math. Uh, it's, it's the mindset. And so to bring that at the middle school level and elementary school level, so we build an ecosystem, it's only going to be better. Not only are you going to have better competitions at the high school level, because you're going to have years of students really engaged in this type of activity, but you're going to have that mentality where the pathways are going to be more full because the students understand at an earlier age their love of technology and what it can do in high school. For me as principal, I mean, I'll just start with, I can't wait to see an all-girls team take that trophy. I I just, every year I'm like, it's coming, it's coming. So um, definitely can't wait for that. But Really, I'm excited about um, tying in our other pathways. So in this last event, I watched students from another district handle all the audiovisual technology for the event. And I was blown away by that part of it. And so we have a new audiovisual technology pathway. So I really envision so many of our other pathways being part of not just the events, but being part of how we grow the program and we um, connect their learning. Um, so just really diving deeper into that because there's there's so many connections um, with our career tech uh, pathways. So I just, I've already started thinking about things we can do and how we can grow it. Um, and I just can't wait for the league to grow. Um, I really want some of our districts that are in our league for sports, for athletics, to be in our esports conference as well. Just more students involved, more opportunities to compete. And I know I know it'll happen and it's coming, um, but I really can't wait for that. So it just continues to grow. Well, thank you so much for that, Carrie. And I think we will end our episode with that. And uh, with a special thank you to Alan Zach and the Carrot Group, uh, Russ Heike, who provides a lot of support as assistant principal for the eSports program at Warren High School. And to you, uh, Dr. White, Uh, and your support as the principal uh, there at Warren High School in eSports. Thank you so much for being on Future Groove today. John, thanks for having us. Thank you, John. Always great. Thank you so much, John. Loved being here. Thank you for joining us today on the Future Groove podcast. You can find the show notes for this and other episodes on the Future Groove website by connecting to futuregroove.com. You'll also find links to organizations and resources referenced in today's conversation. You can contact us through the website or by emailing us. Our email address is john 
at futuregroove.com. We are especially grateful for our executive producer, Kelly Cooper, and our pre- and post-production engineer and studio master, Nicholas Chamberlain, at EveryWord Media. Until next time, I'm John Harris wishing you all the best in finding your future groove.